we have the societal belief of like, well, someone else has it worse than you. So why even bother sharing your truth? Right. And so the ideal community and space that we should be in is in a space where people are understanding that we've all we all have different journeys and we've all experienced fear at different levels and no one's story is better or worse than the other it's simply our own truth Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot these days. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. Happy Friday, happy hour. While you're listening to this, Abby is slamming a spritz on the beach somewhere in New England. You heard it here, folks. She's finally going to the place all the TikTokers are talking about. I'm so excited. I have always, always, always wanted to do an East Coast tour. And I have seen so many movies and so much content of just the East Coast in the summer. And it's just gorgeous and stunning and beautiful. And specifically, the things I think of are like, Outer Banks and also Dear John. They're like Carolinas. And then, of course, all the Ellen. Different kind of East Coast. But But that's what I think of, like those kind of beaches. I've literally never seen a beach like that besides Florida, which is its own situation. So I'm really excited to see some East Coast beaches. I will be in Boston for the week with one of my really good friends from Nashville here. And we're going to do the whole tour. We're going to do Newport, Rhode Island. We're going to do Nantucket and potentially Martha's Vineyard. We're going to do Cape Cod and maybe Portland, Maine. Sickening. Yeah. Sickening. Yeah, all of it. You have to. If you don't do this, I will figure out a way to keep you from going. You must, when you get home tonight, watch Jaws. It's on Peacock. I'll give you my login. You have to watch How Jaws. How am I supposed East to Coast watch Live. Jaws if I'm watching the Barbie movie tonight? When you get home, and the best part is this first, second half is only on the water. So you only have to watch the first half to get all the East Coast Okay, vibes. perfect. That's, that's all I need. Yeah. I, that's it. That's sufficient. I told really to lean into the theme as well. I told my friend Krista we have to watch the summer I turned pretty this the second season like every night when we get home from every, from our conversions. I've deduced based off of some verbiage they used in the last few episodes that they are for sure on Cape Cod. <laughs> that's where cousins is based off some t- some towns that they were. Is cousins yes, a real I place? That it is Cape Cod. No, hard. Okay. No. I mean, I didn't do it. I didn't do too much research into it. But. You pull out your notepad, scratch off, take take a picture by the cousin sign. <laughs> Does not, not exist. Happening. That's fictional. And do you? I forgot. I get all of you guys mixed up. I know that one of our friends despises fish, and I think that she just needs to try it again and grow out of it. But do you eat fish? I'm not a big seafood gal, but I will. But you'll have a lobster roll, right? Of course, I'll have a lobster roll. I'm going to have clam chowder, obviously. Um, yeah, that's that's small potatoes. Yeah, so small for potatoes. sure you must buy a, a lobster roll that's the equivalent of a mortgage. <laughs> and I've decided that I will be trying oysters for the first time. Yes, for the bit. For the bit. And for the And bit. I'll probably throw up yeah. all over the everyone. So it's just like in Survivor the, Sounds uh, awful. the consistency. Sounds literally me. awful. But for the bit. <laughs> For the bit. If you were a real grown up, next time I go, I need to like get this down pat. Nothing seems classier than having like a dirty martini and some oysters. That's what all the cool mm, girls are doing. Yeah, so both of those make I need me to want to die way. a little bit, but for the bit, I'll do it. Same. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So you're stumbling out because you're drunk over the martini, throwing up because of the texture. <laughs> I did order some sickening dresses that I cannot wait to wear on the beach. This really cute swim cover yeah. up, et cetera, et cetera. The content abounds. I already told Krista, we got to make this trip look like it lasted a month. We're going to be bringing outfit changes in the Suck car. Suck it up, sweetheart. No, she was so down. She was like, well, yeah, we'll bring outfit changes oh, in the car so that it looks like two days in one. And I'm like, perfect. Literally perfect. You buy. Yeah. You buy one of those big tents but behind the car to change. Yes. So I'm super excited. But um, yeah, we're recording this early because I will be hopefully frolicking in Nantucket with perhaps a rich man on a boat yeah. next week. Who knows? And Who's I keep say? forgetting. God damn it. I keep forgetting. I'm going to see Taylor Swift the day after this comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I will... I will send you some more content and I will tell you what the surprise songs are. I'm thrilled. I keep, I'm just forgetting that it's like almost here. I actually do care about it. I'm living vicariously through you. You're living vicariously through me. In so facto. Yeah. We both want to switch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Friday. hopefully you enjoy, hopefully you enjoy this episode. It is some heavy stuff, which is good. And we have heavy, just a lot just of discussion. Really, like, not, no, not, not, not in a bad way. It's just, I want to listen to it again right. because I want to think about what was said. We brought on a spiritual life coach, which is really fun. And she just talked about a lot of stuff that we have no idea what to say about that. So it gave us a lot of new perspectives, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting and always a good thing to have in life. And I will be listening a second time because there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. So if you've been wanting to work on yourself and if you want to get more into journaling and self-work, this is going to be a really great episode for you. Probably going to be a lot of pausing. Honestly, if I was a an audience member I would have been like taking notes I wish I took notes while we were talking to her the whole time um I think I'm gonna start taking notes when I listen to stuff yeah, and read books yeah sometimes. analog pen to paper mm. not enough of that these mm. days anyways hope you guys are having a bitchin Friday and please enjoy this episode <laughs> we're so excited we love having guests love you guys so much and we hope you enjoy it and don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe it means so much to us and it really helps us out so if you enjoy this episode in the least go and leave us a review below Happy Friday, happy hour. We are here with a guest this week. We're so excited. We have Alejandra Duenas. She is a spiritual life coach. She was just on the Already Friends podcast where we had Allison a few weeks ago and their co-host, Kara, about like a year and change back. But we are going to talk about all about being a spiritual life coach, how Alejandra became one, and just about how to become a healthier, better version of you, which is what we always talk about. Sometimes we don't have that much great advice. Sometimes it's, it's an off week for us. So we brought a professional. Mm-hmm. Aww, I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Welcome, Alejandra. It's so nice to meet you. Okay, let's just jump right into it because I'm super interested in the work that you do. And I would love if you could define for the audience what a spiritual life coach is and how that kind of differs from maybe other types of life coaching and sort of how you got into it. But first, the definition I think is good to start with. Yeah, totally. So my name is Alejandra, and thank you for the beautiful introduction. So I support women in the area of healing trauma, embodying their highest selves, and letting learning to let go of control in order to actually have more control of life, which is actually very funny how that works, but it's the best way that I can really explain it. Um, as a spiritual life coach, I would say that it's different than just a regular life coach in the sense that I fully believe in energy 
energy and the power of energy and how the more that you work on, you know, healing your energy internally within, you reflect that into your external reality. And so there are some coaches uh, or some mentors who don't necessarily believe in the power of energy and things like the law of attraction and manifestation and how powerful it is to really work at a soul level in your healing journey. So that's essentially what makes the healing journey more of a spiritual journey and why I'm a spiritual life coach. I fully believe that you are not just your body and you are not just your mind. They are parts of you, but you at your pure essence is your spirit. It's the soul that lives inside of this body, right? And so I fully believe that any healing journey should be spiritual and any coaching or mentorship should always have a side of spirituality to it because that is what we are in our purest essence. And how did you come into all of this? That's a really cool profession and a really important work that you're doing, but that doesn't seem like a a normal traditional job necessarily that we're like taught about when we grow up. So how'd you get into it? Oh my gosh, I could give you like the longest story ever, but I won't. (laughs) Um, I essentially like my personal healing journey started about eight years ago when I reached, when I was 20 years old and I was just overwhelmed with a lot of situations going on in my life that led to a point where I was severely depressed and having suicidal thoughts. And at the time, my family was seeing the the, the space that I was in. And of course, it worried them. And mm-hmm. it, it was actually my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, who at, like just spoke to my sister and was like, hey, what if we were to support your sister in getting her like a therapist or a life coach or something like that? And so eight years ago, I ended up jumping on like a little discovery call with a life coach on the phone for 30 minutes. And at the time, like I know nowadays, like life coaching and just coaching and all these different um, spiritual healing modalities are so popular and mainstream now. But eight years ago, this was not a known topic, Mm -hmm. right? So I myself didn't even know what a life coach was, but I was kind of at a place of like, okay, if this is going to help me, I'm just going to go for it. You know, after therapy, I did seek therapy first and that just didn't really support support me or help me to the level that I was really looking for. Um, And so then I sought spiritual life coaching. And um, her name's Sophie. I always talk about my first spiritual life coach. And essentially, eight years ago is when, you know, I, I was it was like planted in my head, this seed of like, hey, there's spiritual life coaches who are out there who help people with their mental and emotional health issues and healing their trauma and essentially getting them to a space of embodying and expressing their fullest self. But at the time, um, I was obviously just focused on my mental and emotional wellness. So although I did have a spiritual life coach, I wasn't necessarily thinking right afterwards, like, oh my gosh, I want to be this person as well. I want to be like her because I was more so very in tune with healing myself first. And actually after my mental and emotional health journey and healing a lot of, a lot of things internally, I then started moving towards healing my physical health. So my first certification that I got was a, as a holistic health coach, where I learned a lot about healing my physical health. And it's so interesting. Every time I share my story, I share with people that when I got certified as a holistic health coach, I again, again, was not looking to coach other people. I was just really looking to like learn as much as I can to heal myself. 
Mm-hmm. And then it was it was honestly just like as I got the certification, I was like, okay, well, cool, I'm a, I'm a coach now. So then I was kind of just like, okay, well, let's let's try this coaching thing out and see how it works. And it just really took off for me. And then after my holistic coach uh, certification, I got a spiritual life coaching certification. And then just my business really took off from there. And that's that's essentially what's what's gotten me here. It's funny because I actually went to school and have a bachelor degree in fashion design. So something completely different than I know. A renaissance woman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like no one would think that as me being a life coach now. And it's as I started healing myself and prioritizing my needs, it just seamlessly just me being a life coach, it just seamlessly came into my life's journey. And I'm so happy that it did. That's awesome. So just for those who maybe don't know, in terms of being a holistic health coach, does that include like nutrition and fitness as well? Or is that more, again, just kind of more mental well-being. Yeah, it's all encompassing. And again, it's funny because I was kind of just looking to work on my physical health. So I was going into the certification thinking I was just going to learn about nutrition. Um, At the time, I was having a lot of IBS, a lot of gut problems. So I just wanted to know what I needed to eat um, in order to heal. The holistic part of it, uh, of health, is understanding that it's not just physical, it's mental, it's emotional. And Mm -hmm. actually, after my holistic health coaching certification, I've never coached clients in the area of nutrition, I really like had my heart set on using my holistic health coach certification in supporting women in the area of mental and emotional health, because it's true, right? It's like all of these areas of who, or parts of who we are, are all our health. And it's so important to nourish all of these different areas. So yes, it's all encompassing. And um, I didn't even know that when I first dove into this certification. But again, I'm so glad that I did. This episode clearly focuses so much on your mental wellness, your overall wellness and holistic wellness. And something that goes along with that is physical and what we put in our bodies, nutrition, all of that stuff. And something that's been helping Ashley and I out a lot is our sponsorship and our partnership with First Form, specifically through all of the amazing supplements that I take on the daily. I take their collagen every morning when I wake up and put it in my coffee. It's 15 grams of protein to start your day and also just collagen to keep that skin looking young and youthful and fresh. And it's also really helpful for your joints and muscle recovery too, if you're strength training as well. Um, And then of course, the ongoing debacle about our meat sticks. We never stop talking about it. I bring a first form meat stick everywhere I go. I bring it. It's like the perfect snack to go, especially in the summer when I'm running around. I've brought them on boats. I bring them to concerts as a snack. I bring them to work. Um, the jalapeno key is my well, favorite. Well, I'm definitely also having the collagen every day because I want to look 30 forever. Um, and uh, my favorite protein bar is the mint one. I think it's just called mint. I don't forever. think it has a fancy name, but it's the mint one. It tastes like a treat, which everyone knows I like to slam treats. And not only do we want to look good inside, not only do we want to look good on the inside, but the outside too. I'm wearing their sports treats bras and left and treats right every single time I work out. And they just released some tennis dresses. And Abby doesn't play tennis, but guess what? She's wearing them all around town. Yes. I will but be wearing a sweater over like my shoulders. And looking when like I, I belong at a country dress. club on a golf course. Uh-huh. I love that cosplay. Totally tied in the front. Yeah, who's gonna invite me to their country club? You know, you should wear your American flag sweater over it. (laughs) Totally, totally, Mm -hmm. totally. Oh, 
good. And, and yes, this summer, all of our travel time, show up to our that. lake weekend, both wearing the tennis <laughs> dress with American flag sweaters over our shoulders. Yeah. For sure. So if you guys are interested in getting more protein in and just supporting your overall health and wellness, go and check out that link in our show notes for first form and you get free shipping on anything over $75, I believe. But seriously, they have really cute apparel. People are sleeping on it. I'm wearing a first form sports bra right now as we speak. And I just got a compliment at the gym. You should have said, here, scan my tattoo of the QR code that I have. (laughs) First form. So if you want to be cute. No, literally, I'm about to, I'm about to have tattoos of QR codes for sure. No, but if you guys want to support our show and support yourselves, check out the link in our show notes. First form, we love ya. So before we get into some more specific questions, because we have a laundry list of different topics <laughs> we want to cover, I saw that on your website, you mentioned the three C's method. So do you want to give a little overview of what that is? Because it seems to be your thing. Yes, that's my number one baby. So by now, by now I've been in the coaching industry for about four years now. Um, but the very first program that I created is the program I actually created after It was the first program I created, but before creating this program, I was doing one-on-one coaching calls with a lot of different women. And I realized that women were having a lot of, you know, their own personal issues and struggles, but there were three main factors that it seemed like I was, it was almost like I was getting very similar stories each time, although at the same time, very individual to their own journeys. And the three main areas were women wanting to feel more confident in themselves and in their body. Uh, women wanting to show up with more consistency and actually doing the things they know to do. And the last part was just women wanting to take back control of their life, wanting to really take back control of their mental health, no longer feeling like their, you know, thoughts and emotions took power over them, but they wanted to take back their power. And so that's where the three C's method came from. So the three C stands for consistency, confidence, and control, which are the main pillars uh, that we work on inside of this program, which for me, by now, I've realized how these are such crucial pillars in everyone's Mm -hmm. life, right? Like those are kind of like where everything stems from. We want to feel more in control of our life, show up with more consistency and feel confident within ourselves. So that is my 12-week program that I created. It's been so successful and things like that at the end of this uh, episode, but there's different modules and different healing modalities and assignments that you receive within this program, all getting you to the space of really um, being in integrity with these three C's that I just mentioned. And it's it's fun. It's exciting. Right now, I'm actually currently open for enrollment, and I love getting to meet the women that jump into every cohort and how unique and special they are. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about the program. I can that's a little uh, summary of it. That's awesome. So I'm sure we can dive in a little bit deeper to all of them. Obviously, you're not going to give away your whole spiel. But in terms of consistency, I'm just a little curious, because obviously, confidence and control are a little bit more straightforward. But inconsistency, as the first C, what does that mostly lead into? Like consistency in what aspect? Yeah, totally. So consistency is usually catered to the goals that 
my clients want, right? Whatever goals they have, how can they show up for themselves uh, more with more consistency with that? But it's seeing things with a different perspective. So for example, because I coach women, I really um, have them understand how to work with their body rather than against their body. There are many women who don't even, you know, know that their different menstrual phases and how to work mm-hmm. in according, uh, like according to each phase and how to really I support seeing- me. <laughs> I know. I've been seeing a lot about this, actually, Alejandra, about um, different fitness influencers I follow and TikTokers and things like that who are super into the fitness and workout space. Um, I feel like one time, Ashley, we were scrolling through my TikTok and like every video was just workouts. So as really as Abby God. sits here in a sports bra <laughs> with her muscles. Yeah, I haven't even, I haven't even showered from the gym today. But um, no, I have been seeing people like do a lot of research in kind of cycle syncing their workouts to like whatever phase they're in. And I, it's so over my he- head at this point. It's like the luteal phase, the luter phase, whatever they are all called. But like sometimes your body just needs more like low impact, you know, kind of yoga situation versus higher impact cardio or weightlifting or strength training, whatever it might be. It's very interesting and I think that's really cool that people are figuring that out and I'm sure that I'm doing it completely wrong because I just do whatever (laughs) talk more about that because that's really cool yeah so there are I love thank you for sharing that I'm actually I've become this huge fitness person lately like this new year has definitely been a whole new me and yeah even I'm like even with my workouts I'm so um aware of what phase I'm in and what kind of workouts to do but essentially in each phase so you have four phases you have your menstrual you have your follicular you have your luteal and you have your ovulatory phase and you're just functioning at different energy levels in each phase. And there are parts of you that need to be given more attention during that time. So for example, I think you guys will definitely understand this part that when we're menstruating, when we're on our period, our energy levels are low, right? And so that's a time to really look inward to kind of, um, be in nesting mode and really, you know, the tasks that we should be doing during that time are different. We're not going to be as like super talkative and communicative as we may be during our follicular phase when we're like ready to talk to the world and we can do a hit workout and like have all this energy. And so understanding what's going on in each phase and how to work with that is so important towards getting to um, show up for yourself with more consistency. And then another part of it too is understanding that, you know, we all kind of know the tips and tricks and tools around showing up for yourself, right? You can read so many books around habits and showing Mm -hmm. up with more consistency. And so aside from just sharing some of that inside of the three C's method, I also focus on healing trauma. And not a lot of people realize how when you heal your trauma, you're actually able to show up with more consistency. And that's because a part of the part of you that's not showing up in the ways that you would like to, or the part of you that is, um, yeah, just like maybe fearing your own success or fearing failure or feel fearing even getting out of the bed right there is some sort of wound that is there that is stopping you from doing that and so if you can really get to healing that core that core wound that needs nourishment you start to show up for yourself in a different way it's all at the subconscious level and so the limiting beliefs that are there that are stopping you from showing up in the ways that you want to if you're able to like become aware of the limiting beliefs and then clear them and implant, you know, affirmations and empowering belief systems in the subconscious mind. That is like 
the number one way to create changes in your life. Most people think that in order to create change, you need to first focus on your external environment and do all the the changes there first, when in reality, you have to do the change internally. And that seems a lot harder (laughs) than changing the external. Yeah, it seems harder, right? And so, so many people focus on changing the external, but then what the reason people get stuck or hit a wall with things is because they continue to just focus on the external without actually looking internally. And Mm -hmm. so a little perspective shift with that would be seeing that like, yes, it may seem easier to work on the external first, but then you're never going to be fully satisfied and you're never really going to be like in the space of pure abundance and love and like full fulfillment because you're not looking internally first. But yeah, that's like that's putting a band-aid on a bullet hole. Yeah. <laughs> you said uh, 700 different things that I could have branched off to talk about in that. Oh. 700 more episodes. And that one, one little clip. Um, <laughs> so I'll try to choose just a few. Can you just give a one sentence of what people or women yes. should be doing with each of those so, four phases? How to best care for yourself, whether that's like exercise related or mentally we'll start with menstruation during menstruation i would say because of the lower energy levels focus on self-care and looking within yourself so addressing the emotions thoughts that have been really overwhelming you sounds like a downward spiral if you ask me Sounds like a scary place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I know that, you know, that's a huge reason why it can be hard to even, you know, seek help or support or like work with a life coach because it can seem so daunting, but it doesn't have to be. Um, But yes, so that's what I would say for menstrual phase. Um, Look inward, do all the self-care things, journal. Honestly, if you're in a relationship, maybe try to have more alone time. I don't know if you guys resonate, but I used to like, you know, joke about this, but it was actually kind of true that I would basically like break up with my boyfriend, like every time I was on my period, when I was just not in a healthy state of mind. And it's because Mm -hmm. like emotions are heightened when you're on your period. So if you can focus on just having more alone time. Um, that's that would be really great. Um, after that would be your follicular phase. See, I don't even know phase. the name for the next two phases. <laughs> I know the, this is so interesting. The only reason I've seen even the word follicular or luteal is literally from TikTok, TikTok from yeah. people talking about cycle syncing their workouts, and I was like, "What are those <laughs> things that women have every month? What do you mean?" <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. I I actually use the Flow app. It's completely free. But if you guys just want to get the Flow app, you can just track when you have mm. your period and. And then it'll automatically, yeah, it's not, (laughs) it's not, but it'll automatically let you know what phase you're in. So you can kind of feel a little bit more in control of that, but I'm glad that I'm teaching you guys this, like that just fills up my heart and their bodies. Right. Yeah. Um, But okay. So follicular phase, your energy is tightened here in terms of exercise. Like, yeah, do that hit workout. Um, You'll be definitely like more chatty. You can spark up more conversations during this phase. Also during your ovulatory phase, like you're going to still have more energy, like, um, and um, energy levels will still be quite high, but starting to decline just a little bit during your ovulatory phase. During your luteal phase, um, it's also kind of nesting mode. So once you're in your menstrual phase, that's when you're officially in the nest. But luteal is like nesting mode where you're especially during... Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Do I gather all my blankets into a circle on my bed and sleep in it like a rat? <laughs> That's how I love to sleep. I love to sleep like that. Yeah. Hilarious. No, I love That's that. <laughs> I love that. I love this energy, honestly. But yeah, so luteal phase, when I'm talking about nesting, it's essentially like preparing yourself for your bleed. Not a lot of women see their bleed as something that is sacred. They just see it as something that's inconvenient and something that sucks rather than realizing the sacredness of it. Like we're literally able to create life and, you know, changing your mentality around it and honoring that space is so important. So essentially- I think about this all the time. I'm like, we're just going to ignore it and act like it's normal. We create other humans in our bodies. Like we grow them. I think that's so wild. I literally think about it at least once a day. It blows my mind. Alejandra is a grown up and we're in like a 12 year old science class. We're a sex ed (laughs) science class. Yeah. No, but I really do. Like, obviously it's so normalized because that's how we procreate and it's how we've been doing it for hundreds of years. However, I still think about it once a day. Thousands, millions, who knows? But it's pretty cool. Okay, so nesting is is preparing for the bleed. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. Yeah, in a very short way. I'm trying to grow That's up. All of them, yes. Okay, well, that was very informative. And maybe <laughs> when we're a little older, we can say it with a straight face. I mean, Abby. <laughs> But I love this. Kind of going back to some stuff that you hit on earlier, you brought up the subconscious mind. And when I was listening to you and already friends, you said that people think they're a lot more in control of themselves, basically, than we actually are. Correct me if I'm wrong. That the subconscious mind actually plays a much, much bigger role. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're like in a God aspect and a a secular aspect. Subconscious mind versus free will. Who are you picking in a fight? (laughs) I I fully believe that we do have free will. And yes, to some degree, what you're saying is is true. Like, I do believe that we have full control of the things that we can control, of course, not of the things that we can't. Um, sometimes we try to control every little aspect of our life because we fear uncertainty and the unknown. But I think what you're, you're mentioning from the Already Friends podcast yeah, I might is be butchering that, it. No, Correct that's me. totally <laughs> fine. Um, so... 95% of how you see your reality is actually based on your subconscious mind. And 5% of how you see your reality is based on your conscious mind, meaning all the things that you're consciously, this is going to probably blow you guys' mind. So prepare, but you know, what you're consciously aware of is only 5% of what's actually going on internally for you. It's like meaning an iceberg. Yeah, exactly. Mostly under the water. Exactly. That's <laughs> childhood direction at the Natural History Museum for Abby. <laughs> no, that is honestly, Abby, the best way to I'm sorry, people describe metaphors, it. Ashley. My bad. No. Some people are visual learners. <laughs> yes, Continue. exactly. That that is fully the best way to to like create a metaphor around this. And so it's understanding that 95% of the things that you're actually not aware of are actually impacting your life. And so this is why it's so important to dive into that area of your life to start noticing like, okay, these are the limiting beliefs. These are the wounds. These are the traumas that I need to focus on because unless you do that, then you're just not going to be consciously aware of the things that need work. Do you think that I have a question? Me too. I went first. You go, Ashley. You go, you go. (laughs) Do you think outsiders, i.e. boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or maybe a roommate that you actually spend a ton of time with, do you think they might be more aware of yourself and your actions than you are? 
at a cognizant level because they observe you and your subconscious is actually ruling a lot of the roost. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, there oh, will be roost. ways that your parents see you that will be different than what what your partner sees and what you see because it's we all have different perspectives and we all see life through the lens of our trauma. And so someone may see you as the happiest, most positive woman ever. And someone may see you as like a really mean person. And like, you know, it's, it says little about you and more about their own trauma, but yes, people will always. So like, so who's the real you? The real you would be pure consciousness, would be your spirit, your soul. It's essentially like divinity it's magic it's like full potential it's everything it's all of it it's whatever you want it to be but we get so stuck into this like human experience that we start like creating all these blocks for ourselves and all these limiting beliefs and we compare and you know then we're triggered and we have projections and our trauma impacts us and then we just become this version of ourselves that is not fully lit it's like this very dim light versus shining all of the light that we really are just yes or no, mm-hmm. and then Abby can ask her question. Do you believe in the theory that there's parallel universes in an infinite amount, and we are there's a different Good version heavens. of us in every single of those, and we all are doing something different? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Yes, we do. If we have time at the end, we'll. I could have told you that. I could have told you she believes in that. Ashley, sorry, you're right. Wait Bring it back in, ladies. Okay. Bring it back in. Abby? Okay, wait. Okay, so this might be opening up the conversation to something way bigger, deeper. I don't know if we can even like fully dive down this right now. But you say that everyone views certain, like, views the world through their own lenses and their own traumas and everything. Do you think that everyone who's a grown adult? has trauma I actually was thinking that earlier thank you I think trauma and like healing trauma and all this stuff is like a big like it's a lot of big buzzword and it's cool that our generation has really taken it amongst ourselves to actually like invest in our mental health and to seek that because like in prior generations people were not doing this we were not having these conversations it was like go home figure it out like therapy was taboo and no longer is that the case which is amazing and incredible however I just like I don't understand if like <laughs> does everyone have trauma because I don't necessarily think I do yeah. not to be like my life's perfect like obviously we've all been through struggles we've all been through things but like in terms of it being called trauma like I don't know that I necessarily like have it because sure I've <laughs> cried and been upset and anxious about things in life but I'm very lucky that I've never had a big this is the thing that yeah like what involved in your is life we, you know like, do we all have oh, it I guess yes. I'm so excited to dive into this it's so good I actually talked about this on an Instagram live I did yesterday so it's like fresh in my mind right now oh, perfect um but yes so I used to feel the same way as you too like I thought that like okay I haven't really experienced trauma in my life like even when I eight years ago when I was you know with my sp- my first spiritual life coach we did not talk about trauma like we didn't label it as trauma because even back then it wasn't like such a big hype word like it is now and Mm -hmm. so I you know even after healing my depression I still didn't consider myself having gone or experienced uh trauma 
And then I, you know, especially throughout the years, most recent years, I started to learn more about trauma, became trauma informed and realized that, yes, we have all experienced some sort of trauma. So to give a definition of trauma, trauma is essentially whenever your body uh, feels fear to an intense, uh, an intense amount of fear. Right. And so if you think about it, we've all felt fear, but there are different kinds of trauma. There's like big T trauma, which is what most people see trauma as like, you know, sexual abuse exactly and then there's also uh there's big t trauma and then there's like the trauma right which is micro traumas well this is the thing it's the things that we dismiss as being something small and unimportant but actually are playing a huge role in how we see the world and how we show up in the world and so Mm -hmm. those things are sometimes things that didn't happen sometimes we see trauma as like oh this huge negative thing happened to her so she experienced trauma but sometimes we have trauma just from simply things not happening in our life and if you think Mm -hmm. about it when we're when we're when we're kids, right? This is another um, statistic that I dropped on the live I did yesterday. 90% of who you are today is based on the first five years of your life, meaning that the first five years of your life are basically how you continue to show up in most of your life right now. So if you look at the first five years of your life, you're this kid who has needs. And our parents, even if they were the best, most amazing parents ever, there's no way that they could have met all of our needs because they're everyone's imperfect. And can you imagine yourself as like a four-year-old saying like, Hey mom, like you're not meeting this need of love and nourishment for me right now. Right? Like kids don't know how to express their needs. Parents are trying their best to meet their needs. And so even if you have the most amazing parents. That's so scary. Super quick. Just just so scary that anyone can have a baby, obviously, (laughs) and that all these adults are just dependent on who was with them for five years when they were little. Mm -hmm. And like anything can happen that's out of your control. And teenagers are having babies. And it's just so much about your life is out of your control. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've worked. I've worked. Continue. <laughs> no, no, that makes thank you for saying that because I've worked with so many moms who like as they start learning this, they're like, Oh my gosh, like that means in some ways there is I'm creating traumas for my kids and I don't want that. And you know, I've gotten and now everyone's just shoving an iPad in front of their four year old. <laughs> so what are we supposed to yeah. do? But it it it's also like a coming to acceptance with the fact that we're humans and we're not meant to be perfect. So Mm -hmm. there is no perfect human that's had no trauma in their life because we all have things and needs that aren't met. And so sometimes, you know, even for me, like it was hard for me to admit that I had trauma when I first started learning more about this because I was like, well, my parents were really good to me. Like they didn't do anything quite crazy or whatever. And I felt like me saying I had childhood trauma was like me saying I had bad parents and I never right. wanted like, to admit you, that. Mom and dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But then now, like knowing so much about trauma, like I do now, it's like, wow, like my parents really impacted my life, but they were just doing the best with the resources that they had, right? It's not like they knew like, oh my gosh, I'm creating trauma onto my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, like trauma is essentially feel, feeling a, 
you know, heightened sense of fear and your body goes on survival mode. It's a point when you were maybe four or three years old and you didn't, you weren't supported through the need that you had. And so you felt unsafe, you felt overwhelmed, you felt anxious. I mean, if you feel anxiety in the first place, that means you have trauma. If you feel depressed, you you have trauma, mm. right? So like any, if you have limiting beliefs, you have those limiting beliefs come from somewhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can go deeper into that, but that's how I'll like quickly ex- help you guys understand it a little yeah. better. That makes a lot more sense. Yes. I feel like the word trauma in general is very misconstrued. And also it just, maybe there should be some other words created to kind of describe this because trauma just sounds so intense. And like what you're describing is not necessarily intense at all the times. Like you're saying, it's just like people think of the big stuff, like the huge yes. traumas and like, I don't know. So that makes a lot more sense for sure. And I also feel like if I'm saying like, oh, when I was four, my parents, I was the last one to get picked up and I was scared and that was trauma. I feel like using the word trauma and validating people who have had a serious death in their family or were abused or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I feel like there needs to be a smaller word. So who's going to who's going to work on that? Yeah, (laughs) but see, okay, but this is a little perspective shift with that, too. It's like people who, for example, like me, who didn't resonate with having trauma at first. Like, I felt like me sharing my quote unquote trauma, which is what I thought it was. I felt Mm -hmm. like exactly like what you just said. um, I felt like it was so little compared to, yeah, like so small compared to a client of mine who, you know, was sexually abused. Like, you know, it felt so small compared to that. But that's something that we do constantly in our society. We like downplay our emotions and our feelings because we have the societal belief of like, well, someone else has it worse than you. So why even bother sharing your truth? Right. And so the ideal community and space that we should be in is in a space where people are understanding that we've all, we all have different journeys and we've Mm -hmm. all experienced fear at different levels and no one's story is better or worse than the other. It's simply our own truth and our truth is going to be different than other people's truth. And when I finally got to accepting that, I started to feel more comfortable expressing the fact that, yeah, like I actually have gone through a lot of trauma and I didn't know this in the past. And I felt scared to even share it because I felt like, oh, this is something so small. Um, But, you know, just seeing it from that perspective can help you then kind of coming to terms with like, okay, yeah, this this is in a way trauma. But also, if you don't want to call it trauma and it feels too intense for you now, you can just call it fear or just like wounds if you want to. Those could be... Yeah, exactly. Those could be other words that could support yeah. you too. That's how I felt when I first started going to counseling. I had never been until I was in college and it was free. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Let's see what this is about. I feel like everyone should go, you know, especially yes. if the resources yeah. are at your feet. You might as well. Um, I talked about a lot of different things when I went to counseling back then, but I also mostly went for my like body dysmorphia and my body image issues was like what I thought I needed to talk about the most. And it was interesting because I also felt very much like compared to other people who have severe eating disorders and things like that. I'm like, well, obviously like I'm doing okay. Like I don't have a severe quote unquote eating disorder, but like that doesn't invalidate my feelings and like my negative relationship with my body and my mental health and my relationship with food and all that. So I did work through that and learn, but that's how I felt very much at the beginning. I was like, I feel kind of silly, you know, bringing these issues to the table when it's not nearly as intense as like what some other people are going through. But I think that's also yes. just being a woman. Like women are always out here invalidating ourselves. <laughs> yes. 
Oh my gosh. And thank you for sharing that too. Cause again, I had, I had another live on Instagram this week that talked about my body dysmorphia and how for the longest, I didn't even realize it was a thing or an issue because mm-hmm. like, I just lived in an environment where like other people felt the same way. And so I didn't, yeah, I just see thought it everyone it. went through it. I'm like, Oh, exactly. everyone hits their body. Cool. <laughs> Exactly. Right. And so I never saw it as like a traumatic experience or how it impacted me. Um, So no, I I fully agree. And it's like, when you're able to finally say like, even the words like, yes, I have experienced trauma. It's like you're, you're finally like ending the gaslighting that you're that you've probably given yourself for so many years. Yeah. (laughs) Let's all say it out loud. (laughs) Ashley, say it with me. Yes, I've experienced trauma. Ready? Yes, yes, I have experienced, experienced trauma. trauma. We're all trauma. saying it. Every, everyone listening, say it out loud. It'll be fun little experience for all of us. Yeah. Um, um, so that's kind of, you kind of describe like your relationship with yourself. I kind of wanted to also talk about how to foster and maintain and like grow healthy relationships with other people in your life. So your parents, siblings, partner, coworkers, friends, how to kind of do that. Yeah, I I. Anything, throw us a bone. Anything you got. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, you guys are amazing. Um, I love, and we're and we're and we're relaxed today too. We're not yeah. even on one. <laughs> I love this. I love um, the. I feel like the energy that you both give complement each other so well. Oh, so uh, not the first time we've heard that. Enough. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good to know. It's not the first time you've heard Thank it, you. so it's clearly very obvious. Um, but yes, I think the best way that you nourish your relationships with others is actually by nourishing your relationship with yourself. Because if you are, you know, treating others from the lens of your trauma, if you are triggered by others, it's actually something that you have to do inner work on. If you are Mm -hmm. projecting onto others, it's because you have to do the work, right? And that's not to say that other people don't also have to do the work within themselves. Um, But the more that you can, you know, heal your trauma, show up as your most embodied self, um, the more that you shine light on others and you allow them to see like okay like that's the light at the end of my tunnel like that's the potential that I can access as well and so the more that you're working on yourself the more that you're actually healing all of your relationships and the more awareness you will have on what relationships are worth keeping and what relationships maybe Mm. you need to let go of if you hadn't worked on yourself and your personal development you may not you may continue to be surrounded by relationships that aren't actually nourishing your growth. And so working on yourself allows you to create boundaries and knowing what what you're okay with and what you're not. And maybe even especially with parents, because that's essentially where our traumas start from as have now learned through this. Um, yeah, working with parents and understanding like, am I always going to be their little girl and just like play that role where I succumb to what they say and just put my head down or like, you know, let them insult me, let them say whatever they want? Or am I actually going to become my most embodied self with confidence and show them who I am and create the necessary boundaries that I need to? So Mm -hmm. it really just all starts with you building on yourself. And then the relationships that you'll have will, you know, match either match that energy, support that energy and the relationships that don't know are no longer serving you. We could do a whole different episode on this, but in short, how can you set boundaries without becoming selfish about it? Because I do feel like some people get carried away with their their idea of boundaries and like quiet time or, you know, just parameters, very neat parameters on their life and stuff. Quiet um, time. And just like, 
and activities. <laughs> people are people are out here protecting their peace too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah. People are like, I can only go out once a month. Um, I'm busy protecting my peace. So how do you create boundaries without becoming too selfish? And maybe I just don't understand that because I'm more extroverted. Right. Maybe I'm projecting. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. She's projecting because she's annoyed because her friends are protecting their peace. And she's like, come on, let's go out. <laughs> No, in general, oh, yeah, in general, sure. just like, how do you not become too selfish or too carried away? Like some people, I'm just giving a million examples, but like some people are like, no, I can never talk to my parents again because what they put me through. But like, you know, it's your parents. Like, what about a happy mm-hmm. medium? Okay. So I would say that you have to really get first to know mm-hmm. when it is being selfishness, like ego-based versus like intuition-based. And it's truly coming from yourself. Um but I love that ego based versus intuition yeah, based. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, for example, if a friend is texting you to go out and like as much as you would want to hang out with your friend, there's this part of you that's like, oh, but like I'm really tired. My body's tired. I had a really long yeah. day of work. Like mm-hmm. that's the moment where you get a chance to say, Am I gonna honor my body or am I going to hang out with a friend that I can hang out with any other day when I'm feeling more energized? Right. So the more that you're aware of yourself, of your energy, of your body, of, you know, all areas of yourself, the more you're going to be able to easily know, like, okay, this is a boundary. I need to say no. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's also, I also have just posted about this this week. You guys are giving me all the things that I recently (laughs) talked about. well, but actually, we talked about- to you and we know exactly everything you've said. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. I'm just kidding. No. But um, so with boundaries, it's also not about just saying no, right? Like if you all of a sudden start creating boundaries for yourself and like every time your friends reach out, you're just like, no, 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 no. Obviously, you're going to stop inviting you. Like, yeah, your friends are going to be like, what's wrong with her? Like, why is she out of nowhere, like canceling plans and saying no? Exactly. So it's also important to communicate where you're at and what's going on. So it's not just Mm -hmm. saying no, like to that friend that you want to see when she's going out, you can be like, hey, I'm going to say no this time. But it's honestly just because I'm so tired. My body really needs to rest. Mm -hmm. And even if that friend is like, but come on, like maybe Ash is the one who says this, like, but come on, let's go to the party. Like, let's go be every Friday of college. And you know what? One time it was because of COVID. Right. So you know what? I was right. on to something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. It's like even despite the friend like pressuring you, right? It's like that moment where you're like, oh, my body really needs it. So I have to stick with this boundary. And if your friend loves you and if she's a good friend, even if she's like, you know, bummed out that you're not going to be with her, which is totally okay, she's still going to respect the fact that, like, hey, she's really tired and all that. Um, yeah. Can you dive a little bit more into what was it, ego versus intuition? Yeah, so that's that what, what you're you talking about of honoring your body and being really intuitive with what your body needs and setting that boundary. That's an intuitive one. But what's an example of an ego boundary? Or like if you're, you know, on the negative side of it, maybe. Yeah, totally. So I would say an ego boundary would be, again, same same example. Your friend asks you to go out, but you're actually like upset with her. And or maybe you just don't want to talk to her right now and you're upset with her. So although like your highest self, which is intuition based, would go to that event, hang out with her and have an open conversation about what's bothering you. Instead, you just 
text, give her a one, two letters, you just give her N-O and that's all that you text her, right? And so you're doing it from a place of like somewhat seeking revenge, someone wanting, somehow Mm. wanting to be heard or you want some sort of attention from your friend because obviously your friend's going to know something's going on if you just one word her, right? Not even a word, just two letters, right? So she's going to know. So that would be more ego-based of like wanting to get something out of it. And it's coming from a place of lack where your highest self intuition-based would be like, um, you know what? Like, or you could even say no to that event and say, you know what? I, I'm not in this space. I'm really tired. I, I can't go with you tonight, but let's, let's go have breakfast tomorrow. There's been something that's been bothering me and I would really like to communicate that with you because I really value our fats different. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, <laughs> another example. Yeah. Another example that comes to mind is like, because again, boundaries is another hype word and everyone wants to hype, have boundaries. I think anything can be taken to an extreme. And sometimes there is such a thing as having too many boundaries where people Mm -hmm. think that all of a sudden, like they just need to say no to absolutely everyone and just hang out by themselves the whole entire time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not actually coming from a place of realizing that that's what you need. It's more so from a place of like, from an energy of like payback or like resistance or wanting some sort of revenge or wanting to like trigger in some sort of way. Um, So you'll know the voice of your, the voice or the energy of your ego is usually very frantic. It's usually um, very rushed. And the voice of your intuition is usually calm, collective. It's very Mm. wise. um, And it's going to take you out of your What are some very tangible, tangible, tangible tips for becoming just a overall, I'd say mentally healthy version Mm. of you? Like just some more basic stuff where it's like, I don't, I don't have the funds right now to get a therapist or something or the time to get a life coach. But what are some like tangible things that someone listening can say, okay, starting next week, I can try to become a better version of myself in these ways. Yeah. So I would say to I know this sounds so silly but like to open your eyes to the ways that you've actually been living so most of us are actually living with a very blurry focus and you know you're until you're aware of something you can't work on it so becoming aware is the first step towards any sort of self-development and growth and so maybe pay attention to the things that are triggering you right now like what's really triggering you currently that's actually a huge teacher a a huge teacher because triggers are always teachers right so take that inward right any emotion, heightened emotion that you feel, how can you take that inward? So if you feel triggered, what's triggering me? Why is it affecting me so much? What part of me doesn't feel seen, heard, or understood? If I'm feeling anxiety and a lot of panic right now, um, why do I feel that way? What's really like surfacing Mm. for me? So essentially taking any heightened emotion that you have and going inward, taking some time to journal out, like, why is this happening, right? Rather than keeping it in your brain, because if you keep it in your brain and you just keep thinking it through and overthinking it, it's a downward spiral. You're not creating any sort of solution. You're just amping up more fuel. That's just going to keep you in that same perpetual cycle. Um, taking time to slow down is another one. We are living in this extreme hustle culture where we are taught to just do, 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 and constantly take action that 
we mm-hmm. actually feel so anxious to slow down and to rest. Or when we are slowing down and resting, like our mind is just going off on all the things that we could be doing instead. And so tame your mind and tame your body to feel safe doing nothing. It's okay to do okay. nothing. So that would be something um, tangible. Sorry, did you want to say something? Yeah. Really quick. So when you said to journal all of the things, like this gives me anxiety. Let me think about why. Okay, here's why this thing gives me anxiety. Then what? Do you try to pinpoint, okay, I this is the way it should be, and now what are steps I can take to get there? Like, yeah. Is that what you yeah, should do? Yeah, totally okay. an example. Um I'm going to I'm going to work with a trigger. So, let's say someone gets triggered by their dad. Their dad said something that was a little offensive and let's say dad has always kind of made offensive comments on the side and so they're triggered. She's triggered by it, right? And so she's journaling like what triggers me? Well, it triggers me that my dad said this. But what really bothers me about this? Well, it bothers me that you know, my dad doesn't really see me. Like he just has his idea of me and who I am, but it's not really who I truly am. And so I don't feel understood by him. And if I go a little deeper, I don't feel loved by him unconditionally. I feel like I need to be this version of myself in order to be loved by him. And so then if you go deeper and if you have an understanding of what your healing journey really entails, you're like, okay, well, I can't change my dad right now. I can't all of a sudden make him see me in the way that I want him to see me, but mm-hmm. I know that I can choose to see myself in the way that I know that I am. And so maybe I'm triggered by the fact that my dad said that because there is a part of me that believes that what he said is true. And so yeah. how can I actually sit with myself, my pure self and realize that that's not me and, you know, come to love and accept the version of me that I truly am and see myself, the part of me that wants to feel seen, heard and understood. How can I do that for myself? Maybe it looks like literally seeing yourself in the mirror every day and saying a positive affirmation. Maybe it looks like hearing yourself when you're talking versus, you know, how sometimes there's people who will just talk, 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 and they don't realize that like they're not reading the room and like people are kind of just Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you know, you could stop talking now, you know, so it's like hearing (laughs) yourself, understanding yourself, like, what do you want out of life? Do you have a clear vision of your goals and where you want to be of your purpose, how you want to be of service to others and change the world? So those would be I know that went so to go into. What are just maybe like, two or three other just out of about anything journal Mm, prompts that you think are beneficial for anyone listening yeah yeah someone who wants to start journaling they don't know where to start yeah so Mm -hmm. aside from like the heightened emotions like triggers anxiety depression another one that comes to mind is money because a lot of people have money trauma money blocks and so a good a few good questions around money would be um how did I grow up seeing money? Like how did my mom and dad manage their money, right? Because the more you're aware of how they manage the your money, the more you'll be aware of how you're probably also managing money in very similar ways. Um, do you believe money is evil? Do you think it's a bad thing, right? If you do, then you're probably, you know, blocking yourself from accessing money. Do you feel responsible enough to have a lot of money? Or are you kind of showing up energetically in a very subconscious way at the bare minimum because your subconscious doesn't believe that you can 
have capacity for more money and more wealth in your life. Mm-hmm. Healing money trauma is something that's also huge and worked on inside the three C's method um, because that's that's a huge block. So that's one. Sorry, I kind of don't want to go too deep on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so money trauma is one. Um, since we've talked about childhood trauma, I would ask some questions like, um, what is a memory of me and my dad when I was younger that really impacted me? And you'll know it. You'll know it. If you take time, you'll know, even if it's a small memory. Um, or, and also what is a small, what is a memory of me and my mom in a way that she really brought a lot of fear into my body or didn't see me or didn't hear me. Right. And, a memory will come out, if not more than just one, um, and start unpacking that. Like, how can I apply this to how I'm seeing the world today? Those would be two other uh, journal mm. prompts that you can dive into. That's heavy. It's <laughs> some heavy yeah. stuff. Yeah. My friend used to always say, as a joke, but it's serious, with discipline, there's freedom. Yeah. No, and actually, I think about this. But it's actually though. really good. She was, she was a very silly person. So she used to always say like platitudes yeah. like that. And that's the one that I still remember um, all the time. Forward, with discipline, there's something freedom. that we will wrap it up a little bit here. Something that all of our guests when they come on is I'm sure you have some great ones. Um, we do this segment called snack time where we talk about content we've been consuming and things that we recommend. So do you have any books or podcasts or even like TV recommendations, movie recommendations, anything that you think someone can gleam some wisdom from or just enjoyment from that you would like to recommend to our audience? Yes, I am reading this book that is blowing my mind right now. It's called Codependency No More. I don't have the book near me, so I don't know um, who the author is, but it's called Codependency No More. Um, I never thought I was a codependent person. Um, And then in this book, I'm learning how there actually is no true definition for codependency. And actually, a lot of us are codependent um, in the ways that we control others or have expectations over others. And so um, mm. it's blowing my mind. So I'm sure it's going to blow really your audience's mind. Yeah. Sounds like something I need to add to cart. <laughs> Abby cannot be alone for more than like an hour and a half, like a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And then one more thing that I would add is a healing modality, of course, cause I'm a life coach, but, um, a healing modality that I've been raving about recently. I've known about this healing modality for years now, but for some reason now it's actually sticking with me um, and really helping me is EFT tapping. Um, so if you're new to EFT and tapping, it's you're essentially tapping on specific meridian points in your body that are helping you feel more at ease, more relaxed. It's a great way to rewire the subconscious mind as well. So getting rid of the limiting beliefs and implanting the empowering beliefs in. Um, so if you want to dive into that, you can go on YouTube. Um, Gala Darling has really great EFT uh, quick, like five minute sessions that she shares. Also, if you go to the link in my bio on my Instagram, I have this like free EFT tapping session. They're just quick, like eight to 10 minute sessions that you can do. Um, and it's simply just for free that I give my, my audience, but that's been so I'm sure it'll help you guys too. Very cool. And then of course you have to pimp yourself out. Where can people find you on Instagram, TikTok, wherever you are on socials, and then in touch with you to look into spiritual life coaching? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at 
my first name, last name, underscore. So Alejandra Duenas underscore. Um, again, you can go to the link in my bio and get um, free EFT tapping sessions that it are easily accessible for you. You can join my email community. I have Mindful Mondays and Surrender Saturdays where I give off a lot of good free support content, content healing tips, all the things to support my community. And also, as I've mentioned on this episode, I'm actually currently open for enrollment for my signature program, The Three C's Method. You can learn more about that program on the same link in my bio as well. And just DM me if you're interested in learning more about what life coaching can look like. Honestly, I say this to everyone, even in my own Instagram stories, like I just love to help and support. So even if you just maybe don't necessarily, you're not ready to dive into life coaching, but you just have something that's going on in your life and you want some support and you want to talk about it with someone who is an expert Mm -hmm. in that area then go ahead and just dm me um i don't bite i promise and we can DMs are open folks <laughs> <laughs> yes slide into my dms please <laughs> amazing well thank you so so much for coming on and for sharing everything it's been so incredible to hear you speak and to kind of dive into something deeper than this because there are a lot of jokes on this podcast which is always fun because we're here to keep it lighthearted. we're here to have fun with it but this has been really helpful so thank you so much for being so with us and just sharing your wisdom. It's been so great. Thank you. I had so much fun.